They want me to talk about a tick in the butt crack? Nazis in Germantown? Who are these idiots? Welcome to the Wobbly Arrow Podcast. Brought to you by Young Guns Archery. Featuring your favorite hosts, Justin Horn. He was the funniest motherfucker ever. And Jimmy Neese. Oh, he was fucking funny as shit. I know, dude, he's packing a hog. Do you think an Indian midget would run a gas station or a hotel? <laughs> what do you think? I'm more like a needle dick bug fucker, you know? Holy fuck, I'm famous! I'm hoping somebody comes in my mouth, actually. <laughs> I got a good load here. Not the kind of load you're looking for. Google WookieSex.com. <laughs> hey, you know, how about you milk my prostate? I don't think it's illegal. A year ago, to jack somebody off. Was this okay for public? This is J-Ho's ter- <laughs> terrible stereotypes. <laughs> yeah, I seen them earlier. She's like, look at these titties. And everybody's just like, oh, well, she's got them out again, guys. Look at this head. I was like, oh, holy shit, I'm, this is the happiest I've ever been in my life. Somebody needs to borrow an iPhone. And I said, honey, I think I got a tick in my butt track. I can eat a tick. Stay Gabies. You gotta live, you gotta love, you gotta laugh. Live a little life, make all the good times last. Live a little Kick a little ass. I've written the same song ten times, twelve ways. Just to see what my peers might say. That every song's the same, content don't change. Just fight this, drink that. It's the same old same, please. It's much deeper than you're hearing it. You live, love, laugh, then we die. Quit fearing it. You got to live in the moment, you own it. And if you gotta kick a little ass, I can do it. I'm talking kicking ass at everything you do. I ain't talking throwing punches every time that you argue. Be a man, stand up, do the right thing. Pay it forward one time, it's a nice thing. You need to live, love, laugh, even kick a little ass. Thank the man for today. Quit dwelling on the past, cause the future ain't promised and it's creeping up fast. Got to live, love, laugh, and kick a little ass. And creeps. Live, love, laugh. Special request by our good friend, the hillbilly himself, Heath McDonald. <clears throat> In the house. I'm surprised you didn't bring anything to shoot. I almost did. <laughs> I almost did. What happened? I just thought better of it. 
What? Didn't, didn't want to waste any ammo. That's, yeah. a, that's the thing, man. Every, every, everything's got a place, and there's a place for everything. Couldn't, <laughs> couldn't trust Justin with the uh, firearms. Is that what I'm hearing? No. That's well deserved. I earned that that title right there. I haven't gotten any new ones lately. And we got the bold egg himself in the studio. Bold. He said bold. Uh, he did I say bold. Bold in honor. Bold. The boiled egg. Alabama Jimmy. He's making an appearance. Yeah. Imports. All your Yankees come south when you get tired, and I apparently come north to hang out with Yankees. There you go. Yep. Is that how that works? I guess. I don't know. So we went down to... Clay City for lunch today to eat at the world famous, the Wobbly Arrow podcast famous Joe's Garage Barbecue. How was it? And <laughs> they were closed. So Jimmy got denied. Denied. Yep. On getting bunch his of, chance. Bunch of dicks. Yeah. Probably knew some barbecue snob from Alabama was going to come up. And oh, and was, yeah. throw a bunch of shade on him. Yeah. They ain't even worth it. They just sat back there and laughed. Yeah. The lights off, and then the more <laughs> yeah. they turned it back on. Hey, cook pig's good. No, I, I, don't, I, I hadn't found no. many times I've eaten cooked pig that it wasn't good. So, yeah. Uh, Julie's got the dogs excited. By the way, and Jimmy has, niece has a new member of the family. El Chapo. Oh, I do. El Chapo. <laughs> yeah. You'll hear him in the background barking, I'm sure. The new dog yeah. that we're still trying to figure out. Carter, <laughs> right now, just text me. He's en route to Walmart to get a uh, training collar. Oh, is he? Yeah. <laughs> For Justin? Or? For me. Fuck, Justin doesn't even stay awake long enough to get bent out of shape lately. I don't know what the hell he's doing. We need to, to keep him awake. Yeah, I know shit. He has been in rare form this weekend. I'll give him that. We have seen sides of Justin that not many have seen. Uh, nope. I'm sleeping. I don't, I don't know. I got tired. I was just like, I got all comfy in the couch. And well, you slept what? You decide 12 hours? About 11. About 11 hours uh, last night. If you want to call that sleeping, I'm not sure. He may have seen the light at the end of the tunnel a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. and got pushed back. I'm not sure. <laughs> Stay away from the light. It was a, it, was, it, was, it was interesting. Yeah, he's, uh, he's had about three naps today. So I think he's going on about mm, 14 and a half hours sleep. Yeah. In the last, Looks like he's ready for another one, too. I'm ready to just go take a nap right now. Is this podcast almost over? <laughs> so should we should we unpack that and see what's going on? That causing you so much nah. drowsiness? Nah. You're not sleeping good? No, I'm sleeping fine. I didn't get any sleep yesterday. Or not yesterday, but the night before. None at all. You mean when you drove home? Yeah. You just stayed up all day? Uh, pretty much, yeah. I might have slept for maybe an hour. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And did a bunch of shit yesterday, and I just got wore out. He was literally yeah. calling me about every 45 minutes as I was driving up yesterday. Where you at now? Where you at now? <laughs> and well, I just wanted to make sure. About two or three minutes into the call, he's like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay down and try to take a nap uh, before you get here, at least get a couple hours. Okay. Never did. 45 minutes, he'd call me back. I thought you were sleeping. Yeah, yeah, yeah it didn't work out. It didn't work out. <laughs> I got a lot of shit done, though. A lot of weed eating done. Got Finally got everything from everybody that's been spread out. Got all that done. Oh, you got everything back? back. So actually, yeah. Back at my, in your at my house instead of I had shit here. I had shit at the ex-father-in-law's and I had shit at Clayton's and 
I think that's it. I had the impression you just went to some yard sales yesterday afternoon to decorate before I got there. I know, that's pretty much what it looks like, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it works. All handmade stuff, man. I'm telling you. I get bored and I make well, something. Are you making fun of his No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. It is shabby shit. dream catchers in the no, house? No dream catchers. I probably oh, need man. a couple, but I ain't yeah, got I, 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 what, What'd you call that, Jimmy? What? Chic? Shabby chic. Shabby, shabby chic. chic. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Shitty chic. Shabby Sh- chic. Shitty shabby chic. Oh, that's fantastic. What did I tell you that I was coming up and I was going to be staying at Justin's shagging cabin? Yeah, the shagging yeah, cabin. The, shagging cabin. the yeah. stabbing cabin. Yeah, that's what it is. Jimmy slept in that bed when I have. I haven't slept there once. Oh, him? This Jimmy? Okay, I was going to say. I was looking over there. I was like, what? Something we need to talk about? Or no shit. Something else we need to unpack? Oh. oh. Uh, yeah. So Heath's here. Heath, we are so glad you made it, man. Thank oh, you for absolutely. coming. Yeah. We're all excited to have you come. I know Sean was heartbroken because of the COVID exposure i'll be honest this is the first time i actually felt bad for sean's excuse because he's texted me privately several times and i know the dude he wanted to be here yeah and it's like he can't help but just get kicked in the nuts it seems like yeah and uh but no i appreciate his thoughts and and uh, we'll let him slide on this one we, we won't give him too much grief i'm glad but, you gave him but credit. like tyler said it's come to the point where you're almost getting jealous of these excuses because he steps his game up every time. He does. Yeah, it's yeah, every every time. Time. Yeah, but the thing is, Tyler has went to the 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 deepest of the deep on excuses. He's huh. gone to the mountain. He, he, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When he said somebody died and he had to go to the funeral or something yeah. that one time. Yeah. His aunt died or something. And what what do you have to do today? A birthday party? Yeah, birthday parties in Washington, Indiana. Yeah. But in his defense, he made an appearance. He showed up. He sure did. Yeah, he showed up for about ten minutes and left. <laughs> yep. Yep. So there is that. The truth of the matter, though, when Sean when Sean sent that last night, there was two or three of us chomping at the bit, gonna <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, They yeah. did a little backspacing. It's like, yeah, yeah maybe uh, not. I was, yeah, <laughs> I was kind of waiting for it. It's like, yeah, it's a little bit raw there. No, we miss him. Mm. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm just glad Tyler chimed in. That made me laugh really hard. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm glad Tyler said it. <laughs> we got to get Gurley on a mic here, too. She's wanting That's to. right there. Yep. Yep. She's wanting to crawl that out on us here. Yeah, that queer French Canadian was griping because you don't ever talk. So you're going to have to at least make an effort to. Is it actually plugged All in? All right. Hang on. We got to stop. We'll be right back. Tap it again, Julie. Oh, yeah. I love the way you tap it. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Tap, 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 tap. Play with tap, the head a little bit. Was that Steve Martin movie? Tap, tap. Tap, tap, tap. I'm thinking of Happy Go That's what I was thinking about. Just tap it in. Just tap, tap, tap. Don't you want to go to your home? Your home. You don't like your home? Tap, tap. Tap, tap, tap a room. Welcome to the show, Skittles. Hey. Hello. There we go. Hey, I'll say a special hello to Doug Moisey. He was requesting. Hello, yeah. Doug. Oh, hi, Doug. Don't Doug encourage was him. requesting Skittles. Why don't you just move? Yes. Julie. Why don't you just move down here, Doug? You ain't got no friends in Canada anymore. Right. Well, well I the th- ones he's got, he's not allowed to talk to or, or, or look at or, or, or drive past on the road. <laughs> I'll take that back. He, he, he just got a new friend. 
couple weeks ago, didn't oh, we? Oh, you call him Doug? Oh. Yeah, we'll, oh, we'll okay. call Doug. Let's see the answers. That's a whole lot better to talk shit behind his back. <laughs> <laughs> if he answers, we'll just start talking about him like we don't even know he's on the phone. Right, yeah. yeah. We're going to get his voice now. Hello, this is Doug well, Lloyd. You're going to leave him a message. Ooh. Yeah. It's all tapped in. I high. drove my ass all the way to Indiana. Hi, you reach Doug Moisey at Pioneer Hybrid, a division of Corteva Agrisciences. Oh, Please leave a message and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Have a good day. After leaving a message, you can hang up or press pound for more options. Hello. We drove all the way just to talk to you. We're in Wobbly Arrow Studio trying to get a hold of you. Call us back. Bye. It was at that moment he knew he had fucked up. <laughs> Doug's a good dude. I, yeah. I couldn't understand his wherever he was. Well, that's because he was speaking Canuck. He's, yeah. he's speaking. He's a dirty French Canadian. Canadian. Uh-huh. He's French. I was like, uh, what is all that? Yeah, you, you know, got to have your thumb halfway up your ass to be able to open up <laughs> your ears to understand what he says. <laughs> he uh, he just needs to get his shit together. I can't believe he didn't answer the fucking phone. Well, he said he was getting ready for hunting already. Is he? Is he? Yeah, he said he was going into like some thirty day shutdown or something. Was getting ready for hunting and something about his wife being happy that he was going to be gone for a while or something like that. And a thirty day shutdown. Yeah, I don't know if that's a Canadian thing or if it's uh, his personal hunting thing. Oh, okay. I don't know how. The, I mean, I don't say they're shut down anyway, ain't they? Yeah, I don't know how their seasons run up there. I'm sure they're a lot earlier than ours. Yeah, I think they're earlier and they last a lot longer too. And they got to have nineteen thousand fucking seasons. Wonder how much it costs up there for their tags. With the way, I bet they have to have a tag for freaking everything. Probably. I bet they do. Moose, yeah. bear. Elk. Deer, elk. I, I know when we were in Maine, you had to have a, like, you'd have a firearms tag and an archery tag for each species. Each species. Damn. See, that's the way Illinois is. <coughs> you have to, for deer, you have to buy a shotgun and archery. Here in Indiana, you can buy a combo, and it covers both, all weapons. And they're yeah. raising that. Yeah. For 30, us. 30 bucks. Yeah. Why don't they raise it to the out-of-state people? They are. They're, like, tripling it or something for the out-of-state they, people. I think they should. That's, I mean... I don't know. Why, why, why are they doing that, I wonder? Did they just have a spike in people that came in last year or well, something? Honestly, it's probably a lower number of people. Well, last year's a special case because of the the Kung flu and everything, but I'd say you're just numbers are starting to roll in where less people are hunting. You think that's what it is? And they're trying to maintain their budget where they were at before? Awesome. I mean, it's, I don't know what else it'd be. Yeah, we got, we're getting starting to have a damn uh, uh, what is it, a bobcat problem. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it they wiped out a bunch of turkeys. I was this gonna year. say they're hard on turkeys. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to somebody over in Illinois, and he said they're um, starting to get turkeys are starting to show up. They're starting to see them, and I said, "Won't be long. You'll be seeing bobcats." Oh, they're like really? And I'm like, "Yeah." Anywhere the turkeys go, the bobcats follow. So and the raccoons. Yeah, yeah. It's funny you just said that. My wife just texted me. Said she just pulled up in the driveway, and there's about 25 turkeys in the front yard. Started scattering. See, we used to see that until literally this year. Last year was not as good, but they're you know, but there were birds. Yeah. This year sucked. Like it sucked bad. 
I don't know what it is. We we lived in that house for almost five years, overrun with deer and, and all other wildlife. I didn't see a turkey. But then over the last couple of years you'll see packs of hens. You don't ever see you don't ever see toms. Yeah. But all you see is there'll be a pack of six or eight or ten hens running together and they'll just come marching through the yard like they just, you know, belong there. But for whatever reason we didn't see them at all for the first five years or so. Now you guys have bobcats down there already or no? We do. They're just rare. Are I they? Mean, yeah, where where I live, we got a lot of fox and coyote. We do have a lot of coyote around where I'm at, but I haven't seen or heard a bobcat where I'm at. But I know they're there. We have yeah. them. Yeah, it's an overabundance here now. So, what are you guys hunting with this year anyway? Are you going traditional again, or are we going back to compound? Or I'm undecided at the moment. You guys haven't talked much about it this year. Yeah, we ain't talked much at all this year. <laughs> I'm undecided. <laughs> hey, I've been. Thinking, do I start compound, kill a deer quick, and then get on my struggle stick? Struggle stick, or do I start with the struggle stick and try and put the first thing down that I can, and then get the compound out to hunt for a buck? What do I do? You're talking like you're going to have multiple options at deer. Yeah, and you haven't killed a deer uh, here I mean, yet. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to play the percentage game, I mean, I think you may want to go with your your, your best season. option first. Yeah, just go with gun season. Gun season. Yeah. Speaking of gun season, I need to sell my 20 gauge slug gun and go buy a rifle for deer here. Might as well. Yeah. yeah. You guys get yeah. very many long shots here or not? Not here on my property. He can set up a few places where he could get I a mean, pretty good north long shot. Field, I could yeah. shoot. Yeah. 300 yards, probably. Yeah. It'd be like the guy I work with. He went out and bought a, uh, I think it's a Burris scope. It's got a laser on it, mm-hmm. automatic reticle. Yeah, you just pr- press the button, it lasers the target and then moves the reticle. Yeah, really? Yeah, that's sweet. It was like thirty five hundred bucks. Yeah, Jesus. they got all kinds of crazy toys out there anymore. Yeah, are y'all like me talking about? No, not at all. Thanks no, for asking. Not close. <laughs> <laughs> Walked right into that one. <laughs> walking to a cobweb. I'm wiping them off my face as I go. No, what? But no, as as being a bow hunter and bow and mainly bow hunting most of my life, it's hard for me to even comprehend guys when they talk about going gun hunting and making those two and 300 yard shots and things yeah. like that. Because even when I do gun hunt, a hundred yards is usually about the longest I shoot. But then again, down, I mean, I'm hunting in thick timber and things like that. We're not hunting clear cuts in a shooting house or th- something like that. I'm in a tree stand in thick timber, but it's just hard for me to even think about, you know, setting up or making those kind of shots, those, you know, two and 300 yard shots, because I'm just so used to having deer in close, from bow hunting. Yeah. Well, at a point, it, I think it just becomes shooting instead of hunting. You don't have that, uh, I don't know, can't use the words right now, but the, that closeness with the animal or something like that. You don't have that fever, what they call yeah. that, well, what they call a buck fever, that adrenaline. Well, well, like last year, I walked out with, uh, I bought one of those 350, 350 Legends, and uh, I walked out with it, and it was cool as hell to shoot a deer with a scoped bolt action rifle. Because other than like when we used to do the deer kill type stuff on the farm, I have never been able to legally have a bolt action rifle and just shoot a deer through a scope. Of course, I killed it at 50 yards, but yeah, right, yeah. but still it was just the, it, it was kind of neat just to be able to do that and know what it feels like. Yeah. And, but when we used to gun hunt, it just, I don't know, it, it I mean, I don't know, you're always out there looking 
it's about the hunt. It's not about the kill, I guess, the type that type of thing. And I know when I used to gun hunt, it wasn't long enough. As soon as I became an adult, I was in a pistol. And because I had to get closer, I had to, you know, and, and uh, just kind of bring it into your wheelhouse a little bit more. And and uh, actually, we were listening to a podcast on the way over here, and uh, it was Snyder. And uh, he was talking about just, you know, like, what's more impressive, you know, taking out your 300 Weatherby and smoking this deer at 400 yards, or, you know, and, and it's a, a 30 pointer. Or you get within 17 with a self bow and smoke a doe. Yeah. And of course, like I said, that's where it comes to all about that hunt. And I think that's where it, it's hard to, you know, when you're a bow hunter, it's hard to appreciate that rifle hunter. When, when you're a, like a, a traditional guy or a self bow guy, it's really hard to, you know, to appreciate that compound guy. And then, of course, everybody shits on the crossbow, crossbow guys. Yeah. And you just have to remember, it's like, you know, that this is what all puts us on the same team and gets us in the same woods doing the same thing, hopefully pushing toward the same direction. Yeah. So there's got to be that, that little bit of respect because, you know, that, that guy that's making that 400-yard shot in the wind with his 300 weathery uh, on some big – you don't know how much work has gone into him developing his loads to doing whatever, you know, whatever's involved in that. And actually making that shot and making sure that animal at that distance goes down. I mean, because there's a lot to that, too. Right, yeah. Well, we used to have this whole thing. And I'm, there's still some out there. And every, like, big deer hunter hated this particular person. And everybody knew one that would just go out and just shoot the whole woods up. Whatever was oh. moving, they were shooting at it, not not shooting it. There was no prep work. There was no nothing. It was just, I'm going to go out in the woods and shoot shit. And, and I think we're pretty much getting away from that, like, in general. Like, it's that's pretty much going away. I'm sure there's, there's still a few people everybody knows about or whatever, but it's not nearly as much as what it used to be, I don't think. Well, probably no matter what you're in, things kind of clean themselves up. Groups kind of clean themselves up. Yeah. yeah. You chase out the ones that, you know, that aren't welcome or, you know, don't fit in or do the things or that, you teach them how to do it and they become exactly, better yeah, you, right yeah. You either absorb them or you push them out yeah. and, and things get a little bit more refined and and uh plus you just look at you know different ways of doing thing and technology and when people start communicating and sharing ideas and you just get better at things and it seems like every deer camp always has that one guy who has pockets full of shells and he's known as the bad shot yeah right yeah old tackleberry oh yeah (laughs) tackleberry's gonna take you know his 30 shells out there and both of them all and he might wound a deer but that's about Uh, it right yeah (laughs) once you sat that son of a bitch in once or twice yeah we had a we had a group like that that was on the neighboring property where we used to have a shotgun deer camp yeah it'd scare the hell out of you if you were like one ridge away and they would open fire yeah it literally sounded like they were going to war oh right there oh yeah it used to sound like that around here, like opening day of gun season. Yeah. Uh, when uh, you sit across 70 from uh, the public ground, opening day was like, it was a war zone over there. Like yes. it was so, it was so bad. Like it was every, some uh, like first light, as soon as that clock struck, it was, it was like boom, 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 boom. Like just for miles all the way down through there across you're like well, jesus it seems to that that seems to have disappeared by over by us too there in ohio too we don't and i don't know if it's a lack of number of people in the woods or people doing it differently or less deer yeah. people looking but, for that big buck rather than just shooting up that everything. could be it too 
Because, I mean, yeah, the 30-pointer gets a lot more attention than the freezer queen right. yeah. anymore. So, And everybody thinks that they're a trophy hunter or whatever. Yeah. In Jimmy, Jimmy's case, it's it's he's uh, that four-pointer is uh, better watch the fuck out. <laughs> That's right. Especially <laughs> if I got my longbow. That's I'll right. tell you what, though. That doe I killed last year with longbow on that deer drive meant as much to me as the biggest buck I'd ever oh, killed. Absolutely. Yep. absolutely. I was so pumped. Yep. And I can tell you from my own experience, when you do get that first deer on your own property, that it means more. It's kind of like it's kind of like eating that tomato out of the garden that you grew. You, yeah, you've got time invested in it, and you've got effort invested in it, and you've managed it, and it does mean a lot more. I mean, it could be it could be that doe, or it could be that first buck, but it does mean a lot more when you know that you played a part in it being there. Well, I was looking at my receipt today while I was getting loaded, waiting for him to load me with the lime and fertilizer. And it was like 170 bucks today for lime and fertilizer. I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, and I just spent another 150 on seed <sighs> and I'm thinking of the, this is the th- what will be the third or fourth year that I've been mm-hmm. investing. That means yeah. that this dough is going to cost me seventeen eighty three a pound this year. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking that you know I do this for the love of the animals and the love of the sport. And right. Yeah. I get very little return on my no, very little right, right now. Could you imagine? Think about this, like real hard. Could you imagine just how big? That button buck would be the bow shot two three years ago. Right? Yeah, it would. It'd be a nice deer about right now. It would have already relocated yeah, by yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it it would have gone someplace else to find some does. <laughs> it would have been the black hole. Oh, this yeah. is like the minor leagues of of, of deer. Right. Jimmy just hopes and prays that like a neighboring property just levels shit like right there. So they. Well, so I'm to just come hoping over here. that I'm going to figure out what they want what they need to keep them here you know yeah so last year i had that buck that was coming around i had a couple encounters with him at dark where i couldn't really see him but i was close to him and you could smell him yeah you know what i mean yeah so that's encouraging oh yeah that's more than years past yeah right yeah where you had nothing you know i did have the one juvenile buck that was showing up he, w- he wouldn't come to your decoy. He'd just look at it. Yeah. 30 yards away. He, he's like, well, I'm praying for the wind to blow to move that tail. I'm like, please, 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 please. <sighs> tie, tie a string to it. Didn't happen. Move it. Yeah, I should. <clears throat> I should have. So is there any evidence that, that Turd is still with us? Have not seen Turd at all last year. Turd could have got shot. Turd could have got shot. Turd could have bailed. He yeah. could have said, fuck this black hole place. <laughs> So Heath, as a as a gun guy, do you do you have a favorite gun or your go to gun that you're going to take with you hunting, or is it situational for you? Are you going to take a certain gun knowing that it's going to be in thicker woods or, or or a more open shot, or do you just have that kind of go to that you fall back on? Well, I'm I'm kind of just, you know, a little, where I'm at, I'm a hill jack. I mean, we, we got hills. We don't have a whole lot of open country. And uh, we're uh, always before we, in Ohio, we've been a slug gun state or pistol. They just gave us uh, straight wall cartridges, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago. Um, I'm a big 4570 guy, but 4570 on a 100 pound whitetail is a little bit over the top. Same with us. Right now, everybody's on the 450 Bushmaster. You just don't need that to kill a little 85 pound doe. And um, last year, um, 
I used to shoot a lot of pistol. I don't shoot as much pistol anymore just because I'm not so much hunting for the hunt. I'm hunting to fill the freezer, you know, to, you know, take care of the family. And so I want to up my odds as much as possible. So the, the pistol will come out later once I've filled my bill. Um, but honestly, I'll tell you what, last year I, I used that 350 Legend um bullet selection is huge it's a straight wall case so basically in a nutshell it's a 223 that's just been blowed out to 35 caliber it's a straight wall case i got you um ballistically it's identical to a 3030 uh people try to say that treat it like a laser beam or something it's not it's a 200 yard whitetail rifle um bullet selection for that gun um any any bullet that would look comfortable in a 30-30 cartridge is the bullet you want to use because ballistically they're identical. Um, a lot of these guys using these polymer tips and all this stuff. And, and you know, people are getting performance out of them. People are not. But uh, by and large, I mean, I, I try to keep it as simple and uh, just a good old soft point bullet. It's been working since 1894 under those conditions. So I just, I'll stay with that. They're cheaper. And, uh, but yeah, I shot a doe last year. It was the, the proverbial didn't go 20. And uh, she's a good-sized doe. Um, but I really like that cartridge, just the fact that I'm, I'm able to take a, a bolt-action rifle with a scope at 50 years old and you know shoot half MOA at, at, out to 150 yards anyway. And uh, I can put it wherever I want to to make sure I get the kill. Um, with pistols, anything up close, if I'm doing tree stand work or something like that, or if I'm up close... Uh, I'm always either a 44 or a 45 guy as far as pistol, 44 Magnum, 45 Colt. And um, the big thing there is once again, I, 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 I use what's proven to work. I don't get into all this new technology stuff. I use a semi-wad cutter, super hard cast bullet. And uh, the semi-wad cutters have a nice squared edge on them. And uh, it's like shoving a Forstner bit through a deer. I mean, you can actually see daylight through the wound and uh, which makes for a good bleed, which makes for, <laughs> makes for a quick kill. And uh, I don't use hollow points. I don't use soft points because at ballistic or at uh, pistol velocities, you don't always have reliable expansion at those velocities. So why gamble it? I, I know this, the semi wad cutter will not expand, and I can work with that because I know what's going to happen. Whereas with these hollow points, these soft points, sometimes they'll expand, sometimes they won't. You know, I, I punched a 300 grain uh, Hornady XTP through the front of a nice buck years ago and uh it was a 300 grainer running 1520 feet a second out of a five inch barrel 454 console and i got zero expansion and i never found the deer really shot the deer in december <laughs> found the uh, deer in february no shit yeah zero expansion and i, I could have toppled a locomotive with that round but i didn't get any expansion so I mean it's it's damn when you're dealing I mean there's there's a lot to it. Some people think there's not, and a lot of people think I'm full of crap. But I've been doing it for forty years, and I've picked up a few things anyway. I, I know what works for me, right? But no, there's really I no, always think you're full of shit when you talk about guns. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but a lot of it anymore. I'm starting to see is just kind of overkill. Yeah, and I got a little eighteen inch barrel with forty five seventy that I don't load it real hot because it it'll tattoo the crap out of you. But um, I like using it just kind of from the cowboy-esque part of it, open sight, lever gun. And I don't load the crap out of it because, like I said, at the end of the day, you're shooting 150-pound 
soft-skinned animal. Yeah, you don't need a whole lot. Forty-five so. seventy. Is that what they used to use buffalo guns? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, and, and it's 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 quite the car. I, I've been a forty-five seventy guy for about thirty-five years, I think now. And uh, I've shot everything from uh, two hundred seventy-five grain, you know, button bullets to. Uh, well, when I shot long range with it, I shot a five hundred seventy-two grain Postel bullet, and uh, we've shot. What was the farthest we shot? 18, 1,200 yards. 1,200 yards open sight. No shit. That's, that's the farthest I've shot with 4570. No, yeah. Open sight, just like rifled sights, or was it the no, kind like you see? Like uh, Quigley. Quigley. Okay, that's yeah. what I wondered. Yeah, yeah. We, shot, we shot black powder cartridge rifle. I shot a hunter class. and uh, But, yeah, we shot. The farthest we went was uh, I did 1,000 yards down in Texas, did 1,200 down in uh, New Mexico. And then we did 1,000 yards in Tennessee. And then we used to do over, actually, the McDonald Sportsman's Club uh, in McDonald, Pennsylvania, right outside Steubenville, Ohio. That's where they filmed Jack Reacher, the movie. Yeah. yeah. When they're on that rifle range, that's where I used to shoot Black Powder, BPCR, Black Powder Silhouette. It was on that range. Speaking of movies, I got to uh, show Cameron a classic Mm-hmm. Um, last week, the week before, Shawshank Redemption. He had oh, never yeah. seen it. And uh, I said, oh, dude, you got to see this. And he watched it. He'd never, never seen, seen it. it. I'm uh, just not a movie guy. It's a top five for me. Cameron <clears throat> absolutely loved that movie. And so I got to thinking afterwards, I'm like, I wonder where they filmed that at. It was filmed in Ohio. Mansfield. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And Stephen King wrote it. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, you that can that was... still go up there to that prison. They, they used to run a haunted house out of there, didn't they? I think they do uh, tours. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure they do I, tours. I think they do a haunted house up there too. Still, no kidding. That yeah. was a fantastic movie and done right there in Ohio. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, it's a good flick. It's actually, I bought my son a copy of Two Lane Blacktop the other day, and I was pretty proud of myself. What is Two Lane Blacktop? Um, who's the hippie song guy? James Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Black '55 Chevy, dual fours, tunnel ram. They yeah. like travel the country, like heading for the nationals, drag strip, street, oh, really? street racing all the way. But yeah, it's like just like some classic motorhead, low budget. Okay. Horrible, but awesome. Like movie. a cult classic? Yeah. 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 Okay. That's gotcha. Yeah. yeah, he won't appreciate it for a while, I'm sure. He'd be like, well, it's a stupid shit. Yeah, but someday. No, someday. That's like they made a movie I used to watch. I was in high school and it. It didn't come out when I was in high school, but when I discovered it, it was called Catch Me If You Can. And it wasn't the movie Catch Me If You Can with Leonardo DiCaprio. It was right. about this guy was who used the, the street race. Yeah. It was a great movie. Mm-hmm. It was one of those that it wasn't well known. Just cult classic. Yeah. Yeah. I've been trying to stock up my little library. It just gives me stuff to watch while I'm reloading and messing with my stuff there in the basement. And, and then, uh, Hopefully when I'm not around, I don't know, maybe the kids can watch some of the movies and get a better feeling for who I was and what I got into. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, because the movies suck anymore, man. They're horrible. They're terrible. They're the, horrible. There's some that come out that are pretty good. And a lot of those just a shit stain that's heated up. I mean, it's like they, it's like this movie was bad the first time it came around, and now you're trying, you're trying, <laughs> trying to remake it. Redo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They've lost the the touch of making movies. I agree. 
every now and then something. It's been a while. And you always know when something good comes out because there's a lot of hype around it. And it doesn't happen very often. But Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, when was the last really good movie that turned into a classic? What was the last movie that you've watched 20 times? What's your go-to? The last movie, like the newest movie? Yeah, just something that when when it's on, you got to watch it. Well, Back to the Future is like that for me. Shawshank, uh, Karate Kid, Castaway yeah. is another Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump, yeah. Jackass on, 3D. I, you're gonna make fun Debbie of me. Does Dallas. Debbie does Dallas. <laughs> well, you 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 tend to gravitate towards the ones that you played a part in. All but right. um, the one Jimmy just said a minute ago, the the Leonardo DiCaprio "Catch Me If You Can." Anytime it's on, I'll stop on it. Yeah, it's just it's one of those you can sit. It's just interesting to see someone who had that ability to pull that off. But so interestingly, a couple of years ago at J Doug, this John Deere meeting that I go to, the guy that the story was about yeah, came and spoke to us. Really? Yeah. That's cool. cool. And it was cool to hear his stories and it was, and especially how young you was yeah. like when all this happened, like you watched this and as much as he did, you would think it'd happen in like a 10 year span or some shit like that. No, it was very short and he was yeah. very young. Well, yeah. and everything what's, he did. What's Julie's just, favorite? My favorite movie. Yeah. I don't mm. watch that many movies, but the one that you can't not watch one, if it's on. I mean, the one that I love, and I just like comedies, so. She's a happy girl. I like, um, and nobody knows about it. It's Step saving, Brothers. Step Brothers would be one, and Saving Silverman. Yeah, I had that called. Saving Silverman. Yeah. Have you ever watched Saving Silverman? Have you ever Silverman? seen it? It's Jack Black. So. Yeah, I have. The guy from American Pie. I just think it's yeah. funny. Well, they have like yeah. the, the Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond. Uh, tribute band. band. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's hilarious. Yeah, so that's pretty It's pretty funny. It's got uh, the, the drill sergeant from. Yeah, Harley uh, Ermey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, got yeah. him. He's the, he's the uh, turns out to be a, a gay. Football coach. Uh, uh, yeah, football coach <laughs> slash gym teacher. Oh shit! It's oh, just, it's, it's and he's gay. <laughs> yeah. Turns out, it's yeah. just funny. Wow. It, and it's an older movie. It is. It's really not old. Yeah. another one. Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, I can't go yeah. past that. Anything like that, I can't. And I'm, I'm big on like Footloose and Dirty Dancing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Love Wait. popcorn. She loves show tunes. Yeah. Saving Private Ryan was the movie that you had to rent or get or whatever if you ever bought a home theater. Oh, Surround yeah. sound, the, the first 15, 20 minutes of it because you just wanted to see how good uh, your system was. The, the first time I ever saw that movie, I will never forget it. We were in Bexley, Ohio, outside of Columbus. I was working with liquor enforcement, men, buddy of mine, and we were on out, what they call outpost, you know, living out of the hotel and buying drugs in the bars. And, um, we went to this, there's like a day theater because we're working all night long. And we went to this little day theater and there was nothing, I think biggest part of the, the I think the, the, there was probably 30 people in there and they were all veterans. And when that movie starts off and you start hearing the shrapnel hitting that boat and people start, you could just feel the temperature in that room drop. And there were grown men, I mean, just sobbing in that movie theater watching really? that. And man, you want to talk about something that just kicks you right in the stomach. And it was, that was the hardest movie to just stay with and watch just because of you were in there with people. Too that busy watching, that. watching them react oh my, to oh, it. And just the, the trauma that was in that room while we were watching that, man, it set our mood for a long time. It was no just, kidding. it was, 
It just make your hair stand up. So you were buying drugs? Oh yeah. Were you doing bus or were you working towards working cases? Working towards yeah. getting a dealer. Yeah. When we worked liquor enforcement, we we didn't. You really didn't do any alcohol crimes because honestly, they're really not that exciting. So what you would do is we would work drugs, but you had to originate your investigation in a liquor permit premise. So we would just go to a bar, buy crack, and then we'd follow that investigation out of the bar and then see where it took us. And we, we ended up at, uh, hell, we ended up down at uh, Fort Campbell, Kentucky uh, on one. That, that started a, an, an investigation out of Portsmouth, Ohio, took us down to Fort Campbell, Kentucky, where a kid was actually stealing M4s out of the uh, armory down there and was trading them to a doctor in Portsmouth for scripts. No really? shit. Yeah. Yeah, it was wild. Holy no cow. Shit. Yeah, and then we went down there, and I think it was a full bird colonel that uh, we were dealing with. And, um, you know, they always tell you that, you know, uh, once you sign on to the military, you, know, you sign away all of your constitutional rights, you are a piece of product, you know, property, you know. And I never realized how true that, because I wasn't in the military, but I never realized how true that was until that day when that full bird colonel kicked this dude's door in and dude, it was like some like out of the movie in 1953. I mean, just he beat the shit out of this kid. Wow. Yeah. There were no rights. There was no lying. There was no telling <laughs> stories. There was no, there wasn't no taking a no breath. No him down. No, nothing. It's just walk in. It was at that point. I was pretty sure that colonel made it there by getting there and not by his education. <laughs> Because wow. he was one bad dude. He's an enforcer. He, oh, shit, man. So he beat the hell out of that kid? Oh, my gosh. He, he did things that we couldn't do, I'll tell you that. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got all kinds of good information that day. <laughs> wow. Yep. But, yeah, that's when we started in a little biker bar down there in Portsmouth, Ohio, and then just turn it, turn it, turn it. But that's what made it fun. And end up fucking... Yeah, we ended up 14 in Kentucky. No shit. Yeah, you never know where they're going to go. Did you ever get in any hairy situation where you were scared for your life while you're buying the drugs and doing that stuff? Not me, but my partner. Yeah. Yeah, we had um, the department that I worked for had trust issues. And um, so I was actually working for liquor enforcement kind of under the table while I was a deputy. And um, so I was their liaison because they couldn't trust my department because there's so many leaks. And... um, we had uh, the one guy that we were buying crack off of uh, out of the bar. He was working with one w- with a detective. And um, so that detective, it, we, we worked it as long as we could trying to stay away from the detective, but he finally caught wind of us and he burned us. And um, so I was monitoring and uh, we had this little, it was like an 80, third generation Camaro, 82, 84 piece of shit, little Camaro. And we had it wired for sound and, and, and vision and everything. and um, But back then, we didn't have, like, all this GPS capability and all this stuff. And um, basically, you know, uh, our drug dealer just let us know. It's like, you know, uh, I ain't going to say any names, but uh, such and such let me know that you're 5-0. And he pulled a gun on, on my butt, on my partner. And uh, Chris pulled his pistol out. You know, this all happened at the same time. And I didn't have any markers. Chris hadn't given me enough uh, clues to where they were at to know exactly where they were at. So Chris was on his own. 
Oh, shit. And uh, at the time, he was carrying a star. I think they called it a fire. It was a pistol, a little a 45 caliber semi-automatic, seven shot, real small pistol, uh, single action. It's like a star fire star or something like that. And back in the day, what we would do is we would take a bunch of rubber bands and just wrap a ton of rubber bands around the grip of the gun right in the middle. And then that way you could stuff the gun in your pants and those rubber bands would grab your, your pants and whatever and keep the gun from falling down your pants leg because bad guys don't use holsters. Right, yeah. And so that way you didn't kind of look like a cop. And uh, when Chris brought that pistol out, he stuck it in, uh, in, in uh, well, his name's Corky, it doesn't matter. Stuck it in Corky's balls. And of course the hammer's back on it, it's 45. And he's getting ready to blow Corky's ghibli bits into the seat. And uh, just the fact that that gun looked like shit, had all the rubber bands around it, and the hammer was back, he kept making a comment, that's not a cop gun, that's not a cop gun. Of course, you know, my partner's feeding off of that. It's like, you know, you're damn right, you know, they, they play the whole role. And uh, pretty much, I think, just one, uh, my partner's aggression and uh, and swiftness. And just there was that little bit of question as to whether or not this guy's a cop or not was really about the only thing that saved his life that night. But he got sold down the river by a detective. No shit. No shit. Yeah. That's when I can the, the gun that I carried the whole time was a um, oh shit it was a single action army made by Cimarron it was in forty four special three and a half inch barrel uh, with a bird's head grip and it was just a cowboy gun basically because it didn't look anything like a cop gun of course yeah. nowadays that doesn't apply everybody's got Glocks and whatever right but yeah. back then that was that was the thing it was just having a pistol that didn't look like a uh, yeah cop even the gun. bad guy even the bad guys got a Glock yeah exactly everybody everybody's got a damn Glock. <laughs> Holy shit. So yeah. did the guy, were you done then? Yeah, we got burnt. Cover blown. Mm -hmm. It's over. The yeah, investigation was done. Wow. So what Why did you look, the detective what did you look do like? That? I want to know what he looked like. He's dirty. Okay. Oh, dirty cop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I dealt with him before. He was dirty. <clears throat> dirty then too, but he, <clears throat> he rolled over and saved his own ass. Sold another guy down the river. Wow. And then he ended up at our department. And I just stayed away from him because I had prior knowledge with him. So I just stayed away from him. But, uh, so you can't get somebody out that's dirty like that? Sometimes. It all depends on who's, who all is dirty. And, Jesus. I mean, we had, um, well, on that case, um, we served 30, 37 or 38 indictments on, I think, 17 people. Total involvement. And... Uh, a law enforcement officer came over to the prosecutor's office to review those indictments and left the office with them. He returned with six. Because I guess he didn't think we made copies of the other, you know. Yeah. But it ended up nothing ever went anywhere. That's fucking crazy. Shit happens. That's that's say, as, as ridiculous as it is if you ever watch it and with the exception of where they robbed the money train and all that shit and in, in my experience the <clears throat> most authentic law enforcement movie tv show whatever you will ever watch is the shield really mm -hmm. starting from episode one if you want to see because i mean you know people are people no matter where they're at yeah so i mean yeah you got good guys you got not so good guys Man, I, you would think, though, I mean, cops would be. You'd think. Should be. 
clean. But honestly, that that type of criminal mind, that type of way of thinking makes the best police officers. Oh, okay. But you got to keep it between the rails. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like with me and her. I mean, she sees the best in people. I'm trying to figure out how they're going to screw me. Yeah. And for that reason, she could never be an effective police officer in any way at any level because you just can't officer friendly gets shot in the back every single time. Yeah. See, I would be the same way, Julie. I couldn't I try and see the best. I mean, I have a girl that played softball with me that I mean, she got went to all the parties, did all kinds of stuff in high school. She's a cop now. So I could see her being a cop. I don't have the temperament or desire. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't do it. So Justin, did I get it. confused at movies when there's double crossing. I'm like, explain this. Her mind, I don't understand. Yeah, her mind doesn't work out well. You can't I don't understand. I can't comprehend it. because it's like, why would they do that? That's, but that's not I, nice. That's not. <laughs> I just don't. I just can't. I, I just don't think that way. So I don't know how to. So I always have to ask him. That's why. Quid. That's why I watch comedies because right, I can't. Yeah. Well, perfect, I can't understand the double crossing example. and all that. Yeah, the thing stuff. we we got involved in like a month ago. We're just driving home to my mom and dad's. We're going down thirty five out of Dayton, and it was a completely just arbitrary traffic road rage. It ended up being like some road rage situation. It didn't need to be, and and it wasn't me. Not this time. wasn't me. But I'm in the hammer lane. And I got this uh, white Impala, newer Impala, beside me. And I'm on cruise control, as always, and I'm just rolling. And I'm, I'm catching this guy, but I'm not going to catch him soon enough. Behind him, and on my right side, because I'm always, I just, I, I watch. I got this half-ton Chevy truck. He's hauling ass. And I know what he's going to try to do is he's going to try to get up there quick enough and then whip between in front of me, you know, around this car. There's no sense in, you know, having all that happen. So I went ahead and I slowed down and I got behind the white Impala. Half-ton truck, jumps out in the hammer lane, blows past us 90 mile an hour. All of a sudden, I go, uh, I put my cruise control back on and get back out to pass this white Impala. And uh, this dude, he's got his iPad out there and he's all rolled down and he's jawing and doing all kinds of stuff and, and trying to film some movie waiting for me to do do something. And I, I kind of waved him off and gave him thumbs up. It's like, you know, we're good. I don't, I don't really understand what's going on here. And um, so then he won't let me go. He keeps on, he keeps on, he keeps on. And uh, so finally I start slowing down. Well, then he starts slowing down. And I slow down, he slows down. And so finally I hit the brakes and got behind him. Well, then he brake checks me a couple of times. And I'm just trying to get away from the dude. And uh, so then he, he speeds up to normal speed. And I'm like, okay, we're done with that. Well, then he jumps in the hammer lane in, in the left lane and rolls down his passenger window i'm not driving past that window and of course i start hitting the brakes and she starts getting pissed off at me you know like just stop just stop it's like no you don't it's like let me handle the tactics <laughs> yeah but you know it's like i don't know if this dude i mean we're in east dayton this dude he's a punk it's like you know he's just gonna rattle off a couple rounds in my car when i come up there or, yeah. and at the time i wasn't equipped and, and also with with her in the car it doesn't matter if i'm equipped you know we don't we don't do that and it's like, but it's, I don't know, you always get in it, but that's the difference between, you know, she would have just driven right past that guy, not thinking anything of it because of the way she thinks where I'm trying to figure out how this guy's going to try to kill me. Yeah. And 
we kind of got in a little bit of an argument over it until she understood why I was doing it. Cause I was getting a little bit heated cause I was, I was getting scared. Yeah. You know, this summer's rattles off around and shoots my wife. So, it's, so what ended up happening? He finally, we finally backed up enough that some cars got pissed off and got in there and he finally had to take his exit and he was jawing all the way up the exit. He was jawing all up the exit and I never did. I didn't ask in the, I, I didn't, I wasn't tailgating him. I wasn't nothing. Yeah. It's just like, he was just looking, he just looking for something to jump on. Jesus. So Justin asked a question earlier. What did you look like when you were undercover? Did you do anything special? Cause you look like a cop right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, I mean, uh, I was usually in a beard, but I couldn't. I couldn't do a whole lot because, see, I still worked uniform, so I usually I just had hair was the biggest thing. Yeah, and then uh, I, instead of like the little short uh, Nazi looking mustache that you know, like the corner of the lip type thing, I'd, I'd go about more. I I could get by going into more of a Marlboro Man mustache. Yeah. And then half the time I was wearing a freaking Stetson and shit. And it was like when we was up in Oregon district buying, buying crack up air. I mean, I was driving a 96, uh, Trans Am Blackbird supercharged LT one, six speed T top. I didn't look like a cop. Right. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> Your typical douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who owned the cars? Uh, that was actually one I borrowed from a buddy. I mean, how much borrow this from me so I can go buy some crack. <clears throat> yeah. That was, uh, <laughs> how'd that fuck come What'd you guys do with the drugs? Just, Flush it? Turn no, it in? No, they have evidence all over. Oh, okay. Yeah, the only thing that was a problem was like the, the only time we really worked liquor enforcement and, and it was fun was we'd work like the football games. OSU Michigan football game. Uh, we'd go down to uh, Athens and work Halloween down there. And the, and the, this is so stupid, but you would have to, like if I get underage with a, with a beer, what I would have to do is I'd have to have a sample bottle and I'd have to pour a sample of that beer into that bottle to be tested to prove that, well, I was just drinking orange juice out of this can and then we'd pour the rest of it out and then we'd have to evidence tape all that together and then put all that together in an evidence envelope <clears throat> and then of course you're going to number that and attach that with your report and everything else so everything could be tested by lab to prove that we were, they were actually drinking bud light out of a bud light can and of course we'd have fun especially down in athens we had um working halloween down there we had this um we'd have a minivan and the minivan, I mean, it's got antennas coming off of it, radios. We're doing checks on people and everything and, and processing people through. And you can tell that this is a cop minivan because there's nothing but a bunch of undercover cops standing around it and people in handcuffs. And we had this one girl, <clears throat> me and Chris are working, and she kind of walks up, and she's half drunk, a little cute little college girl. She's like, what are you doing? And I started to tell her what we was doing. Well, Chris butts in. He's like, well, he said, we're actually, we're representatives of Anheuser-Busch because you know that Anheuser-Busch is sponsoring uh, Halloween in Athens this year and we're testing for skunk beer. And she just kind of looks at him like, skunk beer? He's like, yep. All you got to do is bring us a beer. We'll test it. If it's skunk, then we'll give you a free case of beer. Of course, we want you to drink a premium beer so it'll be an Anheuser-Busch product. So if I bring you a beer and it tests skunk, then I get a free case of beer? Yeah. Okay. And she just walks away and just walks into this house. I assumed, I guess she lived there. I don't know. She walked in there like she lived there. She comes out with a beer, pops it open, takes a drink. That tastes skunk. Can you test it for me? Absolutely. We just need a little bit of information from you. What's your name? Jennifer, whatever. And date of birth? Blah, 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 blah. Well, you're under arrest for underage consumption. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 
And I bet you laughed and said it just like well, that. Well, that's the thing. It was just like, you got to be kidding me. These are college students. These are bright minds. Right. And, yeah. And so then, and on this particular arrest, you know, we're trying to handcuff this girl and she's like the passive resistor, you know, just like, no, no. And kind of squirming around. Yeah. Well, then this little bastard comes over and his wife beat her in the middle of the street. Hey, motherfucker, what are you doing with that girl? And he's, and he's like 117 pounds in his little wife beater, and he's got a Budweiser beer, you know, and he's just raising all kinds of hell. And it's like, you know, who the hell are you? And he, he spit off a name, and Chris just like, how old are you? I'm 19, motherfucker. I'm cooking. You know, it's like, come on over here, dude. And we didn't just <laughs> hook him up for underage consumption also. And oh, we finally we had to move the van. It's like we were getting too much attention. It's like, this has to stop. People kept coming and getting yeah, arrested. Yeah, they're, they're, they're coming up here and getting butt hurt like they're not going to get arrested. And it's like, oh, it was calm. We had a blast. It, it was fun times. Holy shit. I'm, I'm, I've taken enough kids to jail today. I'm, I'm oh, going to go somewhere well, else. We're, we're working the OSU-Michigan game, and uh, there's this house, and we're all liquor enforcement agents. So, you know, we're, we're looking at the keg parties and things like that. And this house, it's an old school house, got the front porch on it with the steps right up the middle of the porch. And uh, we're trying to figure out how to get to this house because we got a bunch of underage that they're hovering all over the keg, acting cool. And But we want to get the whole house. So we're trying to figure out, you know, instead of running down and fucking one, we want to figure out how we walk down and, and fuck them all. So while we're sitting there, I just went ahead and walked up on the pasture or uh, on the right side of the house. And I'm standing in the grass and by the keg and there's all these guys you know they got their little solo cups and everything and they're drinking and uh so the agents start coming in and, and badging people and they get the little you know the little shield on the chain and and as they're coming in i was like dude 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 and i just I was like you know held my hands up so they start all of them start giving me their beers so i set them all down and everything and uh they they go through the house do whatever it is they do i don't i don't know what they did because i was outside well then it was kind of funny because the agents come up and uh ask these guys for their id Oh, we're not drinking. It's like, yeah, you are. It's like, no, man, we, we're just sitting here talking. We're not drinking. So then I was like, hey, guys. And they look at me, and I pulled my shield out from underneath my shirt. And it was so funny because the one dude that, that handed me all the beer, all of them were like, oh, Jesus Christ, dude, you handed our beer to a freaking cop. I can't believe we're sitting here. And, we, and we, had to, we, we took these kids out of this house. It was like the elephant walk. We had them zip-tied hand-to-hand. Oh, shit. And, I mean, there was like 40 of them that we brought out of this house and just elephant walked them all the way down to the PD. And but they just you know they just never stop. It's common. They don't get hit that hard. And uh, I would hate me if I was that kid. But it yeah. was fun as shit. Sergeant Buzzkill. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, it, it was fun as shit. Who invited him? Oh, oh that's that's so we had a we had that that same year we had an apartment we were looking at in an alley had a bunch of underage consumption going on in there and was trying to figure out yeah you know, how how do you play this? And while we're standing there, one of them came out. And, and when he come out, we were standing in the alley. We didn't know what to do because we looked like a couple cops standing in the alley. So we just act like we were pissing. Oh, shit. Well, then he walks over and whips his out and starts pissing right beside us. Well, now we got him because he's pissing in public. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. God. So, <laughs> Fucking instigator. Oh, yeah. So we ended up tagging him. Well, then we're trying to figure out how to get Well, They start missing him. So next thing you know, dude comes walking out with a beer in hand. Yeah. Hey, Randy, where you at? So now we got him. Oh, shit. And then the next one was like, Steve, Bill, where are you guys? What are you guys doing out here? What's going on? And the, the, they kept coming out of the dam. It's like, stop. It's like, just would you stop? It's like smarting the hell up. And we, we, I think we had 19 arrests out of that apartment. 
Oh my God. No shit. Yeah, that was the very first night. We had me and Chris had more interest than anybody than all the others combined just because we couldn't make them stop. Stay, get on the road. Yeah, Stay like, in the house. It's like, we're not trying to be this way, but damn. Jesus. But it was uh, work, working alcohol was fun because it wasn't nearly as dangerous. Yeah. But you get into the drug stuff, you get guns and knives and stuff, and things go bad real quick. Actually, that's how we were how we were issued firearms was because that used to be an un, an unarmed investigator's job. And uh, the only thing we were issued was a Spyderco. I think it was the Endura uh, flip it knife. It was the, the bigger one, like the four inch blade. And um, my partner got into, he was buying drugs in a bathroom stall at a bar up on campus. And uh, the drug dealer tried to rob him and had a handgun. Oh shit. And all Chris had was a knife. So Chris is kind of an MMA guy anyway. And he got him in a, they were fighting in this, in this bathroom stall. And Chris was able, he couldn't get the choke in, but he was able to get the guy's one arm and he has legs across the guy's chest. And the guy's pistol was between Chris's feet. And he was just trying to stretch him out, trying to choke him out, but he couldn't. And uh, it finally got to the point where Chris was losing the fight and this guy was getting control of the pistol again. So finally, he just had to stab him in the neck and just hold him there until he bled out. Oh, my God. And which was a, a PR nightmare. So they issued weapons directly after that. Holy shit. But yeah, access. Like yeah, it was different back then. Stat had to stab him in the neck. Yeah, he, he slit his throat and let him oh bleed out. Oh, my God. But yeah, and then he he took one also. Actually, I think it was the same bar, just different year. Uh, you ever seen um? Oh shit, John Bon Jovi and all of them, Milo Estevan, the Young Guns. Hell, yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. remember that. Um, the movie Young Guns, where the one uh, Lou Diamond Phillips gets stabbed between the bones in his arm with the knife. Yep. Uh, Chris was chasing a guy down High Street with a knife between both bones of his arm like that. Tackled him, handcuffed him right there on High Street. One with day. a knife in his arm? Yeah, it was still in his arm. Oh, shit. Yeah, I wasn't there for that when he showed up at my house. And you know how the, the gauze a wound? Yeah. And the arm's like three times larger. He shows up and it's, it's all gauzed up where he'd had surgery and all kinds of shit. But yeah, the other guy actually it was a defensive wound where the dude went to stab him and Chris caught his knife between the bones of his arm. And stripped him, Fuck, and then chased him hurt. down the street afterwards and tackled him. Pass. That's a bad motherfucker right there. That's what I was just thinking. He's, he's my man. Yep, he's still active. You fucking shove a knife through my arm, my ass is running the other way. If I can't shoot you, Jesus, that's got to be a different mindset. Oh yeah. Completely different mindset. I'm gonna get you one way or another, just, motherfucker. We just got a story on my dad. And uh, no, it was me and Brooke, me, me and my daughter were up at the mom and dad's the other day. And actually, I was telling them about this whole new cancer thing I'm dealing with and bringing them up to speed. And, and uh, we got to talking about something. I, I think it was brought up because I bought my daughter a little Glock 43 and we went to a Glock shoot. And, and actually, she did really well, especially for shooting a little minigun. And um, we got talking about guns. And my mom and dad used to drag their their camping trailer out to las vegas to their property every year and stay out there like six months in the camper they drive the whole way oh wow and i guess they stopped one time in new mexico some little town and dad's like yeah so i pulled in this uh truck stop he says he goes it's something like out some 
like post-apocalyptic movie. So there's this big mound. There's rocks and stuff on this mound, like at the side of the parking lot. And there's all these drunk guys. And they, they were native, you know, Indian. And um, they were just, I don't know, looking for somebody to hassle. And dad's pumping diesel fuel in the truck. And, uh, and of course, dad's never more than an arm's length away from a 45 normally. And uh, he's pumping diesel fuel in the truck. And this guy comes up and was wanting money off dad. And uh, he's like, buddy, he said, once I get this thing folded up, he said, yeah, he said, I ain't got no money for you. And uh, he's like, well, he said, you he said, he told him he wanted $20 or something. Dad's like, you ain't getting $20 from me. And he said, all of a sudden, the dude backed up and said, pulled out. He goes, he goes, I guess they call him a machete. He said, I, we always called them corn knives. They say, he pulls this. He said, come right out of his damn pants leg. He said, he pulled this son of a bitch out. He said, you know, basically, you don't understand. I want $20. And dad looks at him and says, well, see, that's the problem with people like you. <laughs> and he pulled his 45 out of his pants. He's like, you're always bringing a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> oh, shit. And, and dad, he ain't. I mean, he's been through it. He, he ain't bluffing or nothing. Yeah. And so, yeah, my mom walks out from using the bathroom. Dad's got this guy on his knees with a 45 to his forehead at the pumps. <laughs> and it's like, you know, just another day in freaking McDonaldville. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he, he, was like, he was afraid of them, like, hanging on to his camper and shit on his way out of there. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that was one I hadn't heard of where he got into some an issue. But, Holy shit. Yeah. So you got it. You came across it honest. You, you oh, just, absolutely. I mean, this is the family tree. Looks like a telephone pole. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's, you didn't have a chance. No, no, we fell straight out of it. Yeah, he's a trip. My God, I can't imagine. And, and this is. I mean, he's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna guesstimate him at this time to be probably about sixty-seven years old, sixty-five years old when this happened. Oh no, shit. Oh, he's no. He shot at a guy down at our house. The, the little house I was telling you earlier where me and Julie's going to be moving to. Yeah. He was working on the inside of it, and he doesn't smoke anymore, but he used to. And I guess if you quit smoking, you're really adept to, like, smelling that smoke. Yeah. And he walks outside and just, boom, cigarette smoke. And at this point, he's 70, 72, and he notices that there's a guy up in the woods eh, about 80 yards you know, because my dad's a yardage, you know, master yeah. at 70 some years old. And uh, he's like, yeah, this guy's sitting up there and just kind of sitting at the base of a tree, smoking cigarettes, watching me. I couldn't figure out what he wanted. Didn't figure it was anything good. So he went back in the house and was doing something, fixing shit. Comes back out. Guy's still watching him. So I walk over to the garage and get a tool and cut a board and go back in. And so this happened. It went on for a while. The guy's just sitting there smoking cigarettes, watching me. So he finally walked in the barn and he told me, he's like, yeah, he said, I wasn't real sure how far a 22 round will drop at 80 yards. So I held over his head a little bit. Oh my God. Offhand. I don't know if it was 80 yards, 50 yards or 135. And either does he. And he just centered the tree right above that dude's head. He's like, I don't know how old he was, but he got up over the hill like a young man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, dad, you can't be doing shit like that, but he don't. He he lost his last buck a long time ago. Holy <laughs> shit! Oh, well, yeah. that, that reminds me of that video that was uh, on YouTube and TikTok where they were interviewing this guy that had shot a girl. He go and he's like, "Yeah, I was just sitting there, and they come in to rob me, and uh, and said they they wanted money and they wanted you know all my stuff, and I was gonna give it to him." And I was like, 
No, I'm not. And it's, I mean, an old, old guy, like mm. late 60s, yeah, 70s, something like dangerous people. And he goes, when I pulled out my pistol, they took off running, and she said she was pregnant. And I was like, well, she was behind him, so I shot her in the back. And then I missed him two or three times. She's dead. And that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? Can well, I get y'all a cup of coffee yeah, while you're waiting? Yeah, yeah. Anything you need? Uh, yeah, the old man's true. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm shot her running away. Is this a true story? <laughs> dead, dead, yeah, I can see I can find them. So I can find uh, that's okay. I believe yeah, we can listen to it. No, we're good. No, nah, I believe <laughs> you. We're good. You're going to do it. I'm going to do it anyway. I believe you. I believe you. Yeah. But no, uh, <clears throat> Actually, I was wanting to talk some. I was all excited about hunting this year, and of course, um, most people that follow us know that you know I got hit with the cancer bug again, and uh, this one's going to be a little bit worse than the last one. But um, have you ever done? I know we talked about before the whole tree saddle thing. Has anybody tried this tree saddle thing? Just Tyler Webster. Because I tell you, I was all excited this year, man. I was going one sticking, and the one sticking, one sticking. Oh, dude, it's incredible. It's incredible. You got one, one. Yeah, it is. Now, you, Jimmy's shaking his head like, no, <laughs> no. He don't want that bold egg come out. You true. Darn right. <laughs> there ain't a whole lot to hold me in such saddle. I don't care how many zip ties you well, got. Well, you would, you would think that until you actually sat in one. I sat in the one that uh, Jade had, and it, it's actually very comfortable. What's well, everybody can? Everybody talks about like hip pinch and stuff like that. And I fear some something. I'm a fat guy. I'll have all kinds of hip pinch. I'm in one of the original tethers, and I just it don't uh, to me it's comfortable as shit. I, I just lay up there like a freaking scrotum hanging off the tree, sleep, whatever. So I mean, what is a one stick? The, the one well, normally to get up the tree, like you'd have two or three sticks or whatever, or however, yeah. however you propose to get up the tree. The one stick is I ordered this from Eastern Woods Outdoors or something like that out of Michigan. And they make the ultimate one stick. And all it is is like a, you can order whatever size you want, 18, 20, 22 inch stick, whatever it is. And on the top of it, it actually has a, an angled platform that's like 13 by 10 and a half or something like that. And that's that one stick is how you're going to get up the tree. That one stick is your tree stand once you're in the tree. And nothing is left on the ground. Nothing's hanging out of the tree. So nothing. how does this work? So what you do is you walk up to the tree and you're going to fasten this stick to the tree. They have like a quick release, like a um, a boat cleat that they use to tie the, the the rope around the tree. So it's quick release. Okay. You tie that around, pull down on your stick, set it, and you'll have what they call an aider, which is just uh, the nylon uh, webbing. I got like a I, I I haven't got mine yet. It's still in order, but I got like a three step aider. Yeah. So I got the stick and I got three, like 15 or 18 inch steps. Okay. Hang that up there. You climb up the, the nylon and then you get on top of that metal stick. So that's like your first move. Okay. Well, your first move, you're seven feet off the ground. All right. And then at that point, you're going to go ahead and, and take your tether, which is what you like your lineman's rope. You'd tie that to the tree, wrap it around the tree and secure that into the bridge of your saddle. Well, now you can hang. So then you just, you hang and you reach down and you grab that stick and and of course it's quick release you can just pull it right off the tree and then if you push your feet against the tree and push out then that tether comes down at an angle off of where it's attached to the tree and you can actually slide that stick up underneath that rope and it'll kind of pinch it against the tree throw the rope around cleat it and then you got your little webbing steps there 
and you climb back up the steps. And as you're climbing up, you move your tether up. And now you're back on top of that stick again. You've just gained probably six feet because it's not as efficient, you know, because you're hanging. And so now you're on top of that stick. And now with your second move, you're, you know, you're 13, 14, 15 feet off the ground. And then you just keep repeating that process. So there's no limit on the height that you can go to. And there's nothing left. You know, you, you'll have a, a your line going down to like your bow or whatever to pull it up later. Are you not sweating like a bitch at this point? No. Because all you're doing is hanging. Disagree. Disagree. <laughs> you know, with, yeah, but you live in fucking Alabama. You're sweating when you walk oh, yeah, outside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, you, no, once it, you blink your eyes, you're sweating. What are you trying to say? <laughs> no, it, for me though, honestly, the reason I I can't even again wrap my head around doing that is I've gotten older, and it's gotten really bad in the last probably five ten years or so. Heights just fuck me up. I mean, if I'm driving over a high bridge or an overpass or something. I'm 10 and 2 gripping it because I'm thinking tire's going to blow. I'm going over. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. I still, I mean, I still use a climber tree stand, but I mean, I'm using a 30-year-old API climber that still had the the blades that dig in the yep. side of the tree, so I ain't worried about it shifting on a hardwood. And even then, I've gotten to the point now, I don't even stand up once I get up a tree. You know, I get up a tree, which my tree stand, I sit with my back to the tree and got a full platform out ahead of me. I'll just turn my I'll turn my climber 90 degrees from where I know I'm going to be shooting and then I never even stand up. I just take my bow and then turn and just draw and never stand up. Just cuz I hate standing up. I hate dealing with that height issue. As long as I'm in the climber, I'm fine. He's a moody deer hunter. I'm just <laughs> just am what I am. I mean, like, I'm successful. I kill like, deer every year. I'm like Sean and and, and pop like Six annexes before you climb the tree. <laughs> I'm not that bad. I'm scared of heights too, but everybody who does this swears that you feel safe because you're tied to the tree and you can't go anywhere. Yeah, have you ever repelled? No. I mean, it's the, have it's you a, seen me, Julie? No. Do you I'm feel like I'm a, I'm pulling my own weight up the side of a mountain or something? No, but that's what it is. I, I mean, understand. it's like it's almost like zip lining. You're like just. And tree. see, that's the thing is what you do is once you're up there and you're at hunting height, you're, you're just saddle hunting and you're using the top of that one stick for your platform. Yeah. And, and then when it comes time to, to well, like, uh, you, you have a, I actually went and bought the Dynacord and all that stuff, but for the uh, bow return, but, uh, you know, you pull your bow up and of course that's going in your, in your pockets while you're up there. So there's nothing, you know, you got all, everything you need to hang off that tree, your equipment, everything's already up there. When it comes time to leave, uh, you're going to let your bow down and then actually you take the, uh, the, the end of that, uh, bow line and you will hook it to it's, they call it a Delta link, but basically you're going to be hooking to the loop end of your tether that's around the tree. Cause it's just girth hitched around there. And so then they have this, uh, there's different ways to do it. You can do it with a Kong, you can do it with a figure eight. Um, I went ahead I got a, I got a figure eight to repel with. And then I also have the, uh, I think it's a rock something safeguard or something. They're on, you, you can't get aluminum. So I've been waiting on this sun gun to show up for like three months now. But this repelling device that's, that's into with your tether, it's just got a little lever on it. And when you pull the lever, it lets you down. When you let off the lever, it breaks. So it stops you. So all you do is you let, you let yourself down a little bit. You can grab your one stick, throw it on the ground, hook it to your back, whatever you're going to do. 
and then you just pull the lever and you repel right down out of the tree. You can walk down the tree, repel out of the tree, SWAT team it out of the tree, whatever you want to do. And then when you get on the ground, that bow rope that you had, it's attached to the loop end of your tether. So you just pull that, what's going to pull that loop down the rope. So if there's any tree limbs or anything in the way, it doesn't matter. It'll pull it through and you just pull your rope down, bundle it all up, walk out of the woods. Making it sound awful easy. Um, yeah, I we went to a couple seminars yeah. and, and they were showing us how to do it. it. it, it and there's a lot of coordination and comfortability involved, but it is simple. It's it, it, well, it's, it's like that cool. one guy that hunts Michigan all public ground. He shot a he shot a bunch of big deer. He's oh, the, the old man. I, don't, I think he's old now. Yeah. But, but he goes and he sets in tree uh, tree sticks in February. Uh, right, right after, uh, yeah, February, right after season ends, goes in, puts in his steps, and everywhere he's going to hunt the next year, doesn't even, he just checks. Then does he hunt out of a saddle? Yep, <laughs> climbs up. So he buys the twenty foot sticks. No, no, just like a screw in or the singles that that have a strap on yeah, it. Strap ons or whatever. Oh, yeah. really? <laughs> and then he'll make sure that it's up there, so he don't have to put a stand up because he's saddle hunting. So it's just. There's just yeah. sticks I mean, in the Basically, tree. at the end of the day, you got, like, my saddle, I think, is about 15 ounces naked. So, and you can wear that in. And then, of course, you got your ropes, like your tether. It's a, it's a 40-foot. They, they recommend a 40-foot rope. So, basically, I can go up to about 40 feet in this tree. That's the only thing that limits my height is the length of my tether, just to be able to get back down. So, you got 40 foot of, uh, cli- and everything's climbing rope. It's not, you know, a Walmart shit. And, um... Then you got like my well, like that stick. It, it's expensive. You're talking two hundred eighty bucks. But once this stick is all dressed out and everything, but that's your tree stand, and you can do a hell of more with it than you can a tree stand. Yeah, you know, if you've got to spend two hundred dollars on a tree stand, then you still got to buy all the shit to get you tree, you and your tree stand up in the tree. Right. Yeah. So it's all inclusive, and like uh, I think at uh, EWO, I think Eastern Woods Outdoors. I, I think their ultimate stick is somewhere around like the four or five pound range total, and that includes all the webbing that's hanging on it and everything else. So I mean, for an old guy like me that ain't real good at carrying weight anymore, you can't beat it. Yeah. And, and and of course, I do a lot of public land because I'm in the the metro parks. So if I, if I walk up and somebody's got my tree, it just doesn't matter. And if I want to, you know. I haven't been off time myself because, you know, with the condition I'm in and, and plus I'm still waiting on equipment. But a lot of these guys, I mean, they're getting in the, the 20 foot range in like two and a half minutes. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like I said, each move is, is, is quite a quite a distance. And uh, and there's just not you're hanging like a grape the whole time you're up there. There's no you're not exerting yourself. And uh, you just See, the I'm only, just, the I'm only just thinking about is, even putting a a hang on stand up with a ladder stick i'm sweating like a mofo oh, yeah. by the time i and get not up to there. mention carrying all that shit back air and then if you're carrying like aluminum just the price yeah. of, of a lightweight you know shoot those uh <coughs> lone wolf custom DeCristo oh, yeah. or whatever. All that stuff. he's getting over 500 dollars for a tree that's stand dumb. and people are buying this stuff that, that's just for the stand that's not yeah the that's just a stand and like i was looking at a novix and uh, which is kind of a, a copy, really. And hell, the Novix is like 250 bucks. Yeah. So if I spend $250 for this Novix tree stand, I'll lay it in the corner. I can't do nothing with it. But if I spend 280 bucks for this one stick, 
that is a method that I can I, I can get up the tree and do what that tree stand does yeah. for the same money. So really, I mean, it's a it's a that initial expense is kind of a biting a little bit of a chunk. Yeah, but I'm selling everything. That's what I'm going I need to. to. I need to try Tyler's. He said he'd bring it over and I could it's, try it it's, like it's on a, a tree shit. in the front yard. It really is comfortable. Yes, because I, I got two of them because I set the boy up for everything too. And of course, he don't. You know, see, I think he's heading to the Navy. So if I go, if I do use my, you're just afraid of going down bow, the rabbit hole. If, no, if I do use my longbow, I would rather spend two hundred bucks on a ghillie suit mm-hmm. to where I can hunt off the ground. And the problem I always had, I I, I tried to hunt off a ghillie suit one time, bow hunting, mm-hmm. and there's just you're you're now your arms three times larger than what it normally is and i'd always get string contact and uh, stuff even with the ones that have the cut that are cut out right there yeah, yeah. there it's it's still yeah, it, the arm the chest all that i'd always yeah. get string contact i use them to yoke hunt with all the time but, yeah and halloween it's always good for halloween. Part of people when they do that they'll they'll shorten their draw length up yeah. a good bit a half inch or three quarters which, which of i do that on my hunting bows anyway, just for close you in a little yeah. bit to to eliminate trying yeah, to get yeah, some I do of that, that just to give room for my coats when I'm yeah. on I always shoot about a half inch short. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm just, I'm just, I, I guess I'm a pussy. I just don't like even the thought of like you're talking about with lone wolf's lock on stand stuff like that. Just me climbing up and trying to hang there and attach stand and everything. I just don't. That's why I do ladder stands. Yeah, Jimmy doesn't like heights either. I mean, I've got my climber that I'm comfortable in. But yeah, I mean, hunting them on property, yeah, it's easy. You know, February, March, when everybody's throwing sales on ladder stands, go pick one up for 80, 100 bucks for a yep. decent one and just have them in different areas that yep. you can just go climb. That's what I do. There's a, uh, let's see. Oh, you get the extenders too. So it puts you up a little <clears throat> bit higher. I'm usually, tw- I buy the 20 or 22 foot ones. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's, I mean, oh, I, I hunt all public land. So I have to buy cheap shit. So it doesn't hurt when it gets stolen because yeah. it's going to get stolen. But I still got to drag all that stuff in there. And cheap shit is heavy shit. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you're talking a tree stand that weighs 22 pounds. You're talking, uh, you know, 20 foot sticks that weigh 35 pounds and trying to drag all that in. And then if you kill a deer and you got to bring all, bring all of it out, you it's know, and, and nobody, nobody wants to make two trips if they can help it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then you're throwing it. It's just too much. The, the most and, comfortable stand I had was a, uh, uh, it was the old man. Mm-hmm. It was the biggest one they made back whenever. And the motherfucker, I weighed it once. It was 37 pounds. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, the one I, 37 my, pound climber. My old API Predator Grand is that, oh, it, yeah. it's, it's that heavy. That's what we started out in. It's one of the most comfortable. comfortable. Oh, and yeah. for bow hunting, it's perfect because like I said, the, that's where they moved to China. They the were platform is built off of the top climber part. So your platform is completely out in front of your chair. It's not half of it's not up under your seat. So you've got the full two foot platform out in front of you. Yeah. So when you do, we back when we used to have to stand up to shoot, I mean, you couldn't reach the tree when you, you know, stood up and reached back. You remember the tree lounger? Yeah. Yes. Whatever happened to that dude? He died and fall off a tree and die. Did you? Did any of y'all ever bow hunt out of one? I said the bow hunt platform. I bought it. I couldn't. I couldn't figure it out. I had a buddy that that's all he hunted out of was this tree line. It's like a, it was a diving board. Yeah. I couldn't figure out how to, now, now I, 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 you could sleep well, on Well, actually, I, I had an old, uh, an old 1858, 1863, whatever it was, Remington, uh, 4570 rifle. And, uh, it was sweet for that man. It was like he was in the Barco lounger, and I'd just wait 
is like he's all laid down with a rifle on your knees and you just wait till the deer got out there far enough that it just lined up with your sights because you didn't want to go to all the trouble of like readjusting getting uncomfortable i mean for for deer hunting that way man it was freaking awesome that oh but dragging it hell's like dragging a damn stepladder in the uh, yeah, it's a little, <laughs> remember they, it's they, a they, of, you could a lot of metal you could buy the little wheels that hook to yeah. it to become your your deer but, cart and take them out yeah, yeah. but when they offer wheels for the shit you know it's, it ain't what you want <laughs> right, yeah. i just remember back when the tree lines were popular that was back when any product you bought whether it was a gun a bow a stand anything you always you was always going to get a, a vhs tape oh yeah it came with it and yep. i remember the the tree lounge video because it was all that was that old woman that was bear hunting yep. Yep. Over, over the, the trash hand. piles yes yes and i'm like well who carried her stand in for her <laughs> I know she, did. she didn't do it <laughs> it was her and that old man but I, i'll tell you what that thing it had no teeth on it all it was was squared stock but it would bite to a tree like you would oh it was well, well, people, because there's so much weight out on the end of it yeah. so, but, but the thing with that though is that if you brought the weight off of it Dude, it would just straight down the tree. <laughs> My buddy that used it, he kept a couple of uh, like wooden wedges mm-hmm. in, yeah, his, in I, his backpack yep, so that he could adjust wedges. his angle. Because that was the one thing about the Predator Grand. You can't adjust it the angle once you start up a tree. Mm-hmm. If you miss the angle, you're just going to sit wherever it levels off because you're not getting any higher or else you're just sitting yeah. down. And if you got it too steep, well, then the tree's digging in your back and you're leaning forward. It's just uncomfortable all day. But That's one thing. I... I uh did this year for you know like i said hoping i was gonna get to go hunting but uh my biggest thing anymore i mean just is just dragging one out of the woods yeah it's a son of a bitch i come across some video on youtube you know those 20 dollar deer hang block and tackle things yeah yeah he bought one of those took the rope out of it and put like 500 foot of rope in it and puts it in a bag and that's in his deer kill kit and when he gets a big deer and he's got to go up a hill or something, he hooks to it and just takes off walking with the rope. And with that block and tackle, it'll just zip that deer all the way up that hillside for like 500 feet or however long no you got rope for. And then he just undoes it and hooks back to it again and just takes off walking. He don't even bend over. So I spent $22 this year. It'd be the best $22 I'll ever spend. <laughs> you got one? Absolutely, I do. I just haven't got the rope yet. Holy shit. But I was like, and, and like getting it in your, your pickup truck, trying yeah. to get up on the tailgate. Nope. He just keeps a piece of plywood in, in the bed of his truck, and he's got a D-ring on his toolbox or whatever, hooks to it, and just, I mean, just just like he's reeling in a freaking fish, and just takes that thing right up into the bed of the truck, closes the tailgate. Like, how stupid smart is that? Yeah. yeah. That's, like, that's, that's the one thing I hate. You're hunting by yourself. You kill a deer. Getting that son bitch up in the back of the truck. Oh, uh, my gosh. I mean, you feel like you're going to. It's show, like, like melon gonna jello out. to a tree. I mean, you can try to get lean back, and if you can get just enough, and it never fails, you're covered in blood. And oh covered yeah, whatever. you think that's bad? I got I got a doe up on top of that fucking car I had at one point time <laughs> by myself. I can imagine all the blood all over the windows oh, and fucking, everything else. Like going everywhere. Down I remember when my, <laughs> everywhere. When my dad used to poach deer at night, he would he had one of the big like uh, Galaxy 500 cars, mm-hmm. and he would basically take the spare tire, put it in the back floorboard, and that's where he would put the deer. He would flip up the cover on the 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 floor of the the trunk and put the deer down in the spare tire down holder down below the floor and then flip it back down. <laughs> we wasn't always the most so you dad was a poacher. Oh God, yes. Life Dude, I've told that story before. At one point, my dad would walk into the woods, which we had leased land. We went hunting public land when he did this. 
he would walk in the in the woods with four or five guns. Oh shit! He would he would have a he'd have his he'd have his thirty thirty, his Marlin thirty thirty that was just his go to gun. He wanted to kill one with a pistol, so he had a Ruger Super Red Hawk on his chest holster. He had a twenty two revolver on his hip for the local dogs that would come in running the deer, so he would shoot shoot at the dogs and gut shoot the dogs with that. But in case it got too dark, because granted, granted, he's sitting about, you know, 40 yards from a corn pile back long before it was legal. He had a shotgun and he had a coon hunting light. And he had the light part taped to the end of the barrel of the shotgun and would just put the battery pack right there on the tree stand. So if it got too dark and he heard something start munching on the corn, he could just reach down and touch the dial on that coon light and just dial it up just <laughs> enough so he could see what was eating his corn to know if he wanted to shoot or not. Oh my god! <laughs> so he had a system for going. It looked like he was going to fucking war. He did, and it, you gotta understand, my dad. He was he was almost my height. He was probably about six two. I don't know that my dad ever weighed more than about one hundred and sixty pounds ever. I mean, he was just a scrawny, bony old man. But he mean as a snake. My gosh! But yeah, I've seen I've seen him keep. You know, the gun never got loaded till we got back to wherever we were going. Because if you was driving down the back roads and you needed to roll out and throw up a shot, then that's what that's what he did. <laughs> Jesus. So what? where are we at on the – I know we was talking about doing some sort of a hunt because I was talking to a buddy of mine about a hog hunt down in Texas. But uh, as far as like maybe next year or something, because actually I'm, I'm on this freaking antelope rabbit trail right now. Oh, Lord have mercy. Well, I'm going to try to kill him with a longbow. Yeah, that's my. Th- I just want. It's you like still just, not killed one with a longbow? Antelope? Oh, oh! I was just th- talking about anything. Other <laughs> time. Yeah, yeah. I've killed deer with longbow. Okay. Just I yeah. just asked. I was yeah, just like, making like sure. Like the last six Kill, months, I've been just YouTube and antelope hunts. Just have you really? Oh my gosh, <clears throat> it's horrible. I, I, I will I tell you the this. fever. The the most. I if I think about all of the longbow shots, or I think about stuff I shot with a longbow, the first thing that pops up is that fucking squirrel every time. One last year? Uh-huh. The only one I've ever killed with a, with a longbow. Took it home, cooked it that morning? Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you the last time I've ate squirrel. That's not I have. I went squirrel hunting there, I think, once with my dog last year and found out there was no freaking squirrels in our woods whatsoever. <laughs> Just none? No. Uh, got squirrels. Well, I started looking around. I was like, you know, there's there aren't any nut trees either. That's a problem. Yeah, I was talking to my dad about it. I was like, yeah, there ain't a squirrel in that woods. I ain't never seen a squirrel in that woods. <laughs> That's fucking you funny. You only see squirrels when you're deer hunting, right? Yeah, exactly. Boone and Crockett. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. Them big fuzzy bastards. I'll tell you what's worse is down there, we we get armadillos. No. And when you get an armadillo walking and rooting around in the ground, it, before you can lay <laughs> your eyes on it, you'll swear it's a deer every time. Oh, yeah. Because of the way they step, and then you hear them pushing the pushing leaves and pushing stuff around with a nose digging in. Those are the nastiest little things. My gosh, they're nasty. That's we had one. Was in Alabama that one come after was it come after you or something? Was kind of because I don't think they can see very well, can they? No. Or, because somebody said I think she had like white shoes on or something like that. Yeah, in Coleman, Alabama. Was it Coleman? They said it, with her having those white shoes. So that like almost like attracts them or something because they can see funny. that. Really? It's yeah, funny when I start coming at it's like, oh, I'm from Ohio. I, I, I can only act with extreme prejudice here. So you better. <laughs> and it's funny when I was a kid, we didn't have them in Alabama. 
You know, they were oh, down okay. south. They, they, they've migrated north as the, as the years have gone on. Because when I was a kid, we didn't have them. You know, we would see them when we would go to Florida, you know, for vacation or something. You'd see them on the side of the road or something. But we didn't start getting them, you know, probably in the last 20, 25 years or so. Look they've good. slowly worked their way up. Aren't armadillos the animal that carries leprosy? Yes. Yeah, like they carry it under their fingernails. Yes. Yeah. I shot one a few years ago. We went out opening day of bow season, and I had one come out. I hadn't seen any deer or nothing, and I had armadillo out in front of me, and I thought, you know what? Let's see what I can do. And I stuck him. I mean, I nailed him. And I get down there, and I'm like, yeah, that's good. I'm like, I went to go get my arrow, and I'm like, oh, shit. All this leprosy blood and everything <laughs> yeah, all, over, all over this arrow. And I'm like, oh, crap. Son of a bitch. Yeah, Son of a bitch. I didn't think that through. My $17 armadillo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah talking, <laughs> talking about squirrel, have y'all ever seen or used a squirrel call? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen one in years. I know my dad had one. Yeah, he used coins they rubbed together, like the coin edge also. Then I, I used a little air, like a little chirp, chirp, chirp. This one, yeah, I, this I had one. one. You, could, you could shake it back and yeah. forth, and, it, and it'd be that. Ticka, ticka, ticka. Or you could sit there and just bark. The one, the one my dad had was like a little wooden box that was hollow through the middle that had a piece of like of aluminum or steel or something mm-hmm. that was, you know, solid in the middle. And inside of it, it had a little piece you just pulled out that had like teeth on the outside, almost like a hacksaw blade. Yeah. And you sound, would sit there and just sound like they're cutting nuts. Yeah, you would sit there. Well, you cut it and you get that, you know, that squawking sound, mm-hmm. you know, of it dragging it across that metal. But That's I haven't true. seen one in a long time. You can, if you get on like Amazon stuff like that and look at up squirrel calls, or, or there'll be like one guy that lives in fucking Virginia or something that makes a squirrel call or something. They, but they don't just come out all the time. They're not just like everywhere. They used to be everywhere. Every. every place you go that sells hunting stuff yeah, like i remember these time at kmart when i was a kid those wooden ones it used to be like in some little red velvet box yeah. type thing and pretty neat that's funny is kmart even around anymore i think no. they're closed ain't they? it went bankrupt dude went everything's bankrupt. closed because you knew it was bad when they bought up the craftsman stuff when when oh, sears started yeah. going under and then kmart bought craftsman the craftsman line did you ever get to kmart deli yeah Oh my God, they had the best subs known to mankind. And you get like five subs for six bucks. Oh, because you really? Oh, shit, man. They I were, still they remember those subs. They, oh my God, they were good. It's still, it was funny because you know, now they always have all the delis up at the front of the store. Kmart was always kind of in the middle of the yeah, store. Right there when you walk in. Back behind the registers and all, because mm-hmm. you could always smell the popcorn and whatever. And, you know, I just remember the blue light specials. Yep. They everywhere. Oh, hell yes. Somewhere. Oh, right now, we've got so, a blue light special for oh, the next yeah. five minutes in men's underwear. Yeah. <laughs> and you could, you could actually, you could follow the, because it was like a little cart. Yeah. And you could right follow the light. It's like, look, they're heading back towards sporting goods. <laughs> we would be shopping with my mom and my aunt, and you'd talk about learning to haul ass at a young age. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're getting drugged if you don't find hard. They had a little snack shop, but it was back in the back corner. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't remember them doing deli subs. Yeah, we had an actual deli, like you said. They had the, you could do the the ices and all that. Yeah. And but yeah. man, they had these subs. It was like all the meat, all the cheese. They they put mustard on them, which I love because nobody puts mustard on a sub. And then they had like, it was like tomatoes out of the damn garden, uh, banana peppers. It was a sub. And all we had is all through through college. I was in college down in Athens. They they still I'd, I'd go out to Kmart and buy my freaking food. There you go. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, they went the way they went. Didn't the way Walmart the way. try a, a special light 
but it wasn't blue. I don't remember. Didn't Walmart I, I have remember they had something Chinese red back in the back in the day. I mean, this was back in the Sam Walton days when they actually cared about their employees and did good. Sorry, Jimmy. Sorry, Lori. Um, but yeah, I remember them having something. I was gonna say you say that in the house; those are fighting words. <laughs> I, mean, I knew when, when, when a minute ago when he said something about that cheap Walmart shit, I kind of covered my eyes to make sure. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Now, Lori and Cameron, on the other hand, there ain't no, there isn't nothing that's cheap anymore. Like there is no places you can go that's just uh, cheap. Junk. A, do- a dollar store, junky. Uh, oh yeah, well that's. Well, as I said long ago, they just need to go ahead and call Walmart Benjamins because every time I walk in there, it's a Benjamin. Yeah, I swear. You know, you go in for one thing, it's like, oh, when you, uh, I gotta have that. that. <laughs> That's pretty neat. So, Jimmy, when you went down to Gulf Shores, did you, uh, did you have an experience? Did you get to experience the great wonder of the Buckies? Not sure what a Bucky is. Okay, then I, you, y'all, no. you're in town, Texas. Okay, Bucky's is a convenience store. It's a gas station slash convenience store. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, we they, went started there. Them, they started them out in Texas. Uh, uh, no, two no. two guys that were went to oh, Texas. Oh, that's the truck right there on like 40 or whatever it is. It's in there. Alabama, right? Yeah. There's Well, there's one in uh, there. We just got one. They got like the big delis and everything yes. in there and all the cheese. Yeah, and, right there by Bass Pro. And yeah, they're sold yeah. out. Because we went back on, yeah, we always try on to stop the way at that home one. from a Pro-Am. Or there's something. usually one. They've got one down. That's on back from Coleman. Well, there's got one. They've got one at Foley. They don't have, I don't, there's not one there. This was the first, this was the first one was in Gulf Shores. And then this one, they just opened this year in Leeds. It is, it's a gas station but the building itself is about the size of a, say, like a Walmart grocery store. Yeah, it's like, fucking hilarious. They don't they don't have anything less than a hundred gas pumps. The gas will be they they price their gas at the state minimum requirement. When you go in, let's just say for instance, you walk in one door. When you walk in that door, of course they'll have some registers. Now around the outside of it, there may be everything from Deer feeders, deer corn, barbecue grills, smokers, kiddie pools, picnic tables, whatever you want to buy is out there. So you walk in that door. The first, I would say, third of the store is like clothing. And I mean like high-end clothing like Columbia, Huck, um, Costa sunglasses, Maui Gym. Then they may have, like the one down at Gulf Shores, they've got fishing equipment. I mean, really high-end fishing equipment. The one in Leeds, they've actually got hunting stuff in there. I mean, there's, you know, deer deer stuff, you know, deer calls. And then you go, and then on the other side, for opposite of the clothing, there's like home interior stuff. Like, you can literally go in this place, buy snacks, buy all your Christmas presents, do everything you got to do. Fill up the tank and go. Then, then there's a there's a whole section big twice as big of this room just for like jerky and meat sticks and things like that. They've got a meat counter. They've got a like a bakery counter. Then they've got like cold. They've got three or four kiosk things with like cold foods. You can order food off of a kiosk if you want it ready made. Fudge counter, cookie counter. <clears throat> And then they've got, there's always a little circle in the center of them where they sell barbecue, that they make barbecue right there. And I'm talking killer barbecue from chopped pork, sliced pork, brisket, chopped brisket, sliced brisket, smoked sausage sandwiches, corn dogs made with sausage, 
They home they home make their own potato chips right there in that kiosk, and everything's cheap. Like you get a sliced brisket sandwich that's huge for like three fifty four bucks. A big bag of homemade potato chips for like a dollar twenty five. No, they're like they're uncooked ribeyes. What is this called? Or like Bucky's. 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 All the fountain drinks, no matter what size you get, they're like sixty nine cents. And every they've got a whole part of the store. You know how like you go into a gas station or a truck stop, and they'll have like the section with all the snack mix and little candy mixes and all that. They've got a whole section three times as big as the studio here of their own branded stuff. You can't like if somebody goes in there, they're gonna spend fifty, sixty, seventy five dollars just on snacks and just knickknack stuff because it's really that good. It's cheap, but you add it up. I mean, I, I've got one right next to where I work, and I'll go over there and eat lunch a lot of days, but it's just it's crazy. And they do millions of dollars a month in revenue. And everywhere you look, you'll see a sign, and it, they'll, they'll say that they're hiring any time of the year, and they list the salaries of everything. And, like, the minimum anybody makes, like, the person that sweeps up cigarette butts in the parking lot makes, like, $15, $16 an hour. Cashiers make, like, $18 an hour. You get three weeks vacation that you can either use, cash in, or roll over. 401K, insurance, everything. That what they did, somebody had a lot of money or come into a lot of money and had a really good fucking idea is what happened. And, that, and it's, it really is badass. Some redneck ass. We got a hundred gas pumps. Hundred gas pumps. Oh. And it's like Walmart. And here's the other thing: there's a big sign out by the road. They don't allow big trucks in there. So there's no truck stop diesel pumps or anything. They have some diesel pumps, but they they don't allow big trucks. You know, you've got all your regular gas. Then they're gonna have a section over here that's gonna have ethanol free gas. So in different somebody grades. said, let's build a truck stop for non truckers. Yeah. Started out in Texas, and and they're real picky about where they put them. They won't just put them just anywhere. It's got to be a high traffic interstate between, like, two big places or something like that, or or where two interstates intersect or something. Like, there's – it's it's very specifically placed. Yeah. Yeah. We did the numbers when they were first building it and everything, because a lot of cities, they'll put up millions and millions and millions of dollars to entice them to give them, you know – stip-ins to try to come to that area because they want it. We did the numbers just based off of employees. They would do 13 to $14 million just in income tax off of that, just off their employees. And you got to think what they're going to end up doing off of sales tax and everything else, plus the money they make through the store. And it's just, it's ungodly. You can't go by there and it's not just overflowing with people constantly. What's Snake say? Huh? What's oh, Snake? Snake was wondering how much their lot lizards are at Hucks. They don't have them because they don't allow big trucks. You're out, Snake. You're out. Money making scheme fizzled. A glory hole over here in this corner is twice as big <laughs> as this studio. <laughs> if you want gum, the meth users are over there. Uh huh. And the cleanest bathrooms you will ever see anywhere in public. Oh, yeah. When you pay your people that much money, they're like, fuck, yeah. I'll, I mean, we'll keep this shit spotless. That's right. 
you got guys you got guys driving those little low boy truckster things like you see in airports those are the guys just driving around doing maintenance on the pumps and checking trash and doing everything i mean it's it's definitely one of those things that you 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 have to you can explain it to somebody you can show them pictures but they'll still walk in the doors and you see their jaw just kind of drop just oh my god you know it's ridiculous Oh, yeah. Did we just waste that much time on our lives talking about a gas station? Is that what just happened? I'm kind of excited. Yeah. I'm a little passionate I'll about just it. Fuck I'm sorry. Just I fuck see up. a big old building going up right here. Jimmy's. It's, it's, <laughs> it's Abilama, man. We don't have a whole lot to get excited about. Abilama. Abilama. Well, folks. We, How far are we in? Uh, hour 45. Well, now that, uh, now, now that Snake and Carter walked in, he's going to shut it off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I am. I'm looking for an outro song. What's another one, Heath? Let, we'll let Skittles. Skittles? Less I'm a, I'm a big Tom McDonald fan right now, actually. Well, what do you want to hear? What's his new one? I don't like the new one that well. <laughs> Shocker! I know, hot take. We, we I got, know the name of it, but I'm not going to tell you because I don't like it. Heath with a hot take. <laughs> you got the well, we got buttholes and stupid people, and we're not looking for a new theme song. Uh, <laughs> we're not looking for a theme song, Heath. We just want a song to go out to. Snowflakes. Yep, snowflake. Is it is that title? Of it? What's the other? Uh, brain, no, brain we don't want a funny song. Brainwashed. Was that the new one? Yeah. Yeah. What's his best one? That's the one that you did like. That's that's the one Paige put on Facebook, and you said it Could be. gives the know. seven signs of what's well, going on well, right now. Yeah, he's, well, he's come out with a couple here. The very brainwashed. Is it brainwashed? Is that it? That's a tune. Yeah. <sighs> Time is gold, and it only goes by in waves of strangers. Along the way, sometimes strangers make your friends. Well, I'm getting old, and my friends don't come around like they used to. We've stopped acting like we've got something to prove My old friend Jake, yeah man Made some noise in those barrooms It's actually not a bad Who'd song Who'd thought he'd be the first one with a son I didn't really want to cry on the podcast, but we'll I like to thank that guy we all call McKinney He was there at my worst And Lord knows he's so held like hold each on. other And just kind of sway back and forth to the music It's a been a few years <laughs> since I've seen that Matthews boy Here we go there it is. <laughs> He's still living down in Houston Still never calling back when I phone Every now and then I stop And 
I'll have a few with Vinny. You know we laugh about. That one was like a downer, Carter. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Carter. I appreciate right. it. Way to go, oh, Carter. Oh, good. Oh, jeez. Well, I was messing his girlfriend. You pulling out for your homies while you listen to it? We're distracted by vaccines and TV shows, politics, celebrity gossip, popular neat quotes, black lives, white lives, which lives mean most? We only dedicate one day to remember our fallen soldiers, the men and women who died young. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that was gonna happen. I, I knew that was gonna happen. It's like nails on a chalkboard to him. He's like, uh, <laughs> uh, we probably need to end this one so we can start another one because Tyler just said he's on his way back. Tyler's gonna mess <laughs> out. You snooze, you lose. So thank you guys for coming. Absolutely appreciate it very much. Don't yep. forget if you're of the praying persuasion, Heath could use some prayers, prayers of healing. Yeah. Prayers for Julie and the kids. As far as I know, we'll know something by Thanksgiving. I'll either be above ground or underground. So, and I think I'll be I, I think I'll be above ground. I'm I'm okay, but I just know that this one's this one's gonna suck. This one's gonna be like having cancer. Yeah. So, but uh, especially I'm looking at a three week hospital stay, boy in the bubble, and I'm not built for that. So, but uh, the last well, the last chemo they put me on was a. Uh, I get to do that in two more weeks. Yeah. That was a 34-hour straight infusion of poison. So and it 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 knocked me in the dirt a little bit. Oh. But, uh, but no, this one's going to be a little bit rough, but hopefully we'll be done with it after this, at least for a few more years anyway. Good. So when do, you, when do you start the three-week stay? Um, It'll be in October. Because yeah, the week of Labor Day is the three-day in-hospital chemo. 21 days after that, we do a scan. And then um, then they'll start the transplant where they take his white blood cells and... T-cells. They engineer them so that they can kill the cancer, and then they put them back in. It's pretty high-tech stuff, but... And that's that'll so, be the three weeks. Like day. training soldiers? No, actually, yeah. it is. It's, yeah. it's well. They said what happens is cancer can camouflage itself, and at this point, cancer has morphed to the point where my T cells don't recognize it as a as an intrusion. So my T cells just roll right past it in the bloodstream, and then the cancer is able to just grow unmolested. So what they'll do is they'll pull my T cells out, retrain them. Uh, they make them to where they uh, they're tougher, they're stronger, they're smarter. Uh, they multiply exponentially faster. Yeah. And then once they pull my T cells out while they're re-engineering those, then they'll hit me with a, a killer dose of chemo that will kill my bone marrow, kill my immune system, kill everything, basically take me to the grave. And then once that's once I'm completely dead inside, then they'll readminister my T cells and that'll help me in my recovery to come back out. Like I said, it's a three week hospital stay T two and a half to three weeks, but we know I'll be there for three. And, um, but then I don't know what my recovery is after that, as far as how I'm going to feel or if I'm, you know, I don't know if it's going to be you know, a week later, I'm fine or a month later, I'm still trying to, you know, walk again or I have no idea. And of course they really can't tell you cause everybody's different. So, yeah, but no, it's this last chemo that hit me. 
it was on the 24 hour bag. It was a 24 hour straight infusion. At the end of that, I was effed up. I just, in like the last two hours of that bag, I just. Yeah, I didn't I was, like leaving him at the hospital, but because after the 24, at the end of the 24 hour bag, it's in, he was, he was pretty loopy. It was like it was, uh, when you're drunk and you're in your bed, but you couldn't put your foot down. Yeah. And But I could stand up and I was fine, motor skills wise. Well, they put, they put me on a damn bed alarm. And those cocksuckers, dude. I mean, I got all these tubes and hoses and shit. And of course, I got my port, you know, my little dog weenus in my arm here. And um, I'm trying to sleep without wrapping things up. And well, I, I was laying on my belly and I rolled the wrong way to get onto my back. And when I did, I pulled this port. I didn't pull it out, but I tugged on it really good. And, of course, it goes up through my arm and into my chest cavity. And it hurt and woke me up. I mean, like that. Well, then I lifted my weight off the bed because of this thing. That sets my damn bed alarm off. So now I'm an escape prisoner. I got red lights flashing and freaking horns blowing and everything else. I got people yelling at me at the thing if I'm okay. And then they're asking this nurse if they're in there with me. It's like, just stop. It's like, I'm okay. It's like, just stop. And we, we got everything taken care of. And... I thought I had convinced them that I was fine. Well, the doctor has to sign off on my bed alarm. So every time I would get situated in bed, and let's say you know it's 2 o'clock in the morning and I can't sleep, so screw it, I'm going to turn around and I'm just going to turn TV on. And, of course, when you raise the bed up, it jacks you all up. So you put your hands down and you scoot your ass up. As soon as I'd lift the weight off my ass, people yelling at me again and shit, people running into it was the biggest pain in the balls. It was just, and then at one point we were looking for my TV remote. Somebody had rolled it up and just hung it on my, uh, my, what do they call it? IV, my little IV IV thing. There were three of us in the room and I got the IV cart. I'm rolling around trying to look for this damn TV remote. These two nurses, they're like, where in the hell could it have gone? They're looking through the bed and everything. Of course, I'm walking around in the dark, you know, bent over looking for it. It's like, obviously I'm okay. Yeah. And Hell, it took us, I bet it took us 15 minutes to find that damn TV remote. And then you felt like an idiot. It was like, it's can you take me? Because I couldn't pee. I couldn't, anything I did in bed, man, it set all these damn alarms off. That's like. Yeah, they had them on a short chain. Oh, it was just his. Can, we, can we set up a camera up in the corner of his room? Oh, please. Oh my God. please it would let's be set priceless. up a camera. Uh, <laughs> it would be priceless. <laughs> uh, just a plug-in one. A, I mean, I'd tell cheap straight, Walmart straight webcam. To, yeah, you go straight to the internet. Yeah. We, can, we can all check in. We like like, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, like fucking Big yeah. Brother, how they, how they do that live yeah. shit yeah. now. I'd say we put it on OnlyFans and make you a little money. Yeah, we shut that down now. Thanks to Justin. his bird. Another pounding one out. Keith, your gown is on backwards. It's not the way it goes. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. We love each and every one of you. We've got to run. Until next time, stay wobbly. Gaze.